Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 308th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Tonight, we're asking Gary Rakowski the five questions. Uh, I think I did butcher your name that. Sorry. There's no K in it, it, but that's all right. (laughs) Oh, so Gary, so let's start off the five questions with um, how did you get into woodworking? You might have answered that uh, previously, but. Well, I have a different answer now. Oh, you do? Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I didn't want to have a real job. And I thought that uh, starting a furniture making business wasn't really a business. That's how dumb I was. Um, yeah, I just I didn't want to have a normal job. I just didn't I didn't want to go get a PhD and teach somewhere, which I was my path. And I just wanted to do something completely different than what I had been doing. So this was a real skid off the road for me. I didn't realize that owning a business, no matter how, how oh, much it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I I feel lucky. Uh, I'm forty some years into the business. 46 and uh yeah i feel lucky i get to go to a wood shop every day yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it is uh, it's pretty great it's hard to make a living mm-hmm. and it's always been hard to make a living but um i get to work with my hands and that's um that is therapy for me no question about it now did you have um issues with the business aspect of running your business that seems to be most people that they get into, you know, being a furniture maker and stuff like that. It seems like uh, sometimes if they don't have a business background, that tends to start to dominate and maybe run them out of business. So if I said, hell yes, I had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, 25 years of building furniture and I didn't, I mean, I, I tried to be as um, disciplined, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, about it, but I didn't. I had a hell of a time trying to price my pieces. That was the worst thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different approaches. Well, what's your overhead, and your piece should cover your overhead plus profit. And I right. never, I, I never liked that approach. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, okay, well, what is, this, what am I actually putting into the piece? And I'm not going to charge you for my education time, right? The time where I, I spend scratching my head, going, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to build this piece. I uh, can't charge him for your education. So, you know, I learned um, some business stuff. Uh, I learned about the, for me, the five parts of a job that I always would face and and sort of how to estimate. But I was, it's always been very tough. When I started the school, that changed and the business end of things became really critical and interesting. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, I learned a lot of stuff and I did a lot of reading some classes and that's it's been fascinating it's really that's it's fascinating stuff because we are all whether we like it or not part of an economy and that that opens up all these ways of looking at transactions Clotilde Robillard I'm I'm sure I butchered his name (laughs) Clotai Robillard uh, was a um, marketing guy no, actually, he started as a child psychologist in France um, years ago and came up with these um, ways of thinking about the reptilian response to 
a product. And, and so he's become famous and mm-hmm. wealthy thinking about how we respond to pieces viscerally. Yes, and, yes. The reptilian brain kind of locks in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Reptilian. Yeah. So thinking about that and how we you know, want our education or our furniture, it's fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a long answer, sorry. No, 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 no. no. That's good. That's a good answer. I once saw somebody that said, uh, you know, humans are basically emotional animals and we make decisions almost instantly and then we use our brain to justify those decisions. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. You have a gut sense when you walk in a room that it's good or it's bad or the person you've just met is good or bad or you're going to be good friends or you hate their guts and you know it immediately. But you convince yourself, yeah, I should still date her. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I should, I should still, yeah, I should still date because she dances nice. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining that scenario. It's never, yes, yes. Never uh-huh. me personally. Yeah. Never. All right, so on to the next question. What is your favorite tool? Ah, I've got it. My favorite tool is my low-angle block plane, the Lee Nielsen low-angle block plane, a 102. 102. No, no, that's not true. My favorite tool is my half-inch uh, Lee Nielsen chisel. I grab for that. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's a. It's my Starrett six-inch rule, the 604RE with the end scales. No, no, that's not it. Uh, it's my. It's my Stanley number five. <laughs> I'm not going to end, fellas. It just keeps going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> oh, it's my Yankee drill. My Yankee drill. Yeah, there you go. My Yankee drill. I love that. There's, there's so many. Uh, there, there really are. And, and that's one of the great things about being a woodworker. How many tools do you need? Uh, yes. But, you know, there's some tools I don't pick up for years. Right. And then when I do, there they are. There they are. And they do that job. And that's yep. all they're there for is to do that job. And that is really cool. So. Yeah, I have that Lee Nielsen um, number 51 shooting plane. And I maybe use that a few times a year. But every time I use it, yeah. oh, isn't this nice? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a nice tool. That is a nice tool. So, yeah. 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 That was one of my splurges. Yeah. It's a good splurge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is nice. It is nice. So, um, who has influenced you the most in your woodwork? Uh, uh, that's a tough one. I, I got to say, my father. Oh, great answer. Uh, my father influenced me the most. It's not in a positive way. It's not. It really isn't. It's a lot of it's a lot of what my book is about, handmade, uh, because he was so hard on me, mm-hmm. and and perfection was sort of drilled into me, and it took me years to understand what a curse perfection and mm-hmm. uh, being able to make a mistake without you know going ballistic and throwing stuff around. And yeah, it's he had a he left a big imprint on me. Uh-huh. And that's that's a he's I realize that he's he's made the biggest uh, impact on my on my work. Well, I can, yeah, I've never thrown anything in my shop after uh, something failed. It's never happened. No, no, no it's good. Never? Never. never. I, I had a friend, Gail Friedel, actually. No, Gail. Not, the, the, she, she got the job at Anderson Ranch. She, after she left, she had a studio called Flying Hammer Studio. <laughs> I love the name of that. Flying Hammer. Because stuff happens, you know, and it's not, you know, usually it's, oh, there are days when, you know, you start to cut yourself, right? You know you got two more coming. Yeah. You know, you're going to pick up a chisel or a screwdriver out of my rack and hit a chisel edge or, you know, mm-hmm. 
you get cut by a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been cut by a piece of glue? Hardened? Yes. Yeah. 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 Epoxy. Awful. Yeah. Epoxy, yeah. yeah. Awful. Yeah. Like, how does this happen to me? <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, I, the biggest challenge for me was learning forgiveness in the show mm-hmm. uh, and learning to forgive myself for my mistakes, which are inevitable and, and uh, numerous. Just so yes, numerous. they're going to happen. But yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty good at forgiving myself, too. But uh, uh, that uh, first instinct, man, there's like, uh, you know, a. a, a stream of profanity you know oh yeah oh just yeah. the just the other day i was sitting in my bench and i moved my right elbow and knocked my uh, uh blue spruce uh mallet onto my cement floor and yeah oh now oh. i did now luckily it's you know one of those impregnated harden and it yeah, barely bomb, made a scratch yeah, but still how, it was like, how was the cement did you did you hurt the cement no <laughs> and, and it and it galvanized me that I need to put uh, some sort of other flooring in my shop. But anyway. I tell you, when I moved, I moved into the studio uh, in 2005, and there was concrete everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I'm yeah. taking the concrete up. And I had to make this one cut. And I liked the floor underneath so much, even though it wasn't very flat. I liked it so much that I had him come back and make another cut. And it's a lifesaver. Yeah. I mean, tools are magnetic with concrete. I don't know if you know that. They jump jump off your bench onto the floor. Yeah. Well, it's not only the tools. It's also my knees, my back. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. So I left concrete where the machines are, but uh, everywhere else is is wood. And, yeah, I lose little pieces of, you know, inlay or something into the the wood dust. Yeah. It's worth it overall. So you might have just mentioned it, but what what has been your biggest stumbling block? Oh, myself. I I'm my biggest enemy. I'm I am in the way of myself all the time, um, and that's you know I write about it in the book uh, in Handmade of, of how what my job is at the bench is to be quiet with myself, and if I can be quiet with myself, you know, because when the mistakes happen, you have a choice, right? You have a choice. You can yell and scream and come up with new combinations of swear words. <laughs> I am very good at that. I, yes. I'll throw down with you sometime. You know, we can throw down on, on combination <laughs> of swear words. Or you can say, yeah, yeah, that happened. And not let it spin your day out. And then you knock over your coffee over your drawings. Oh, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> which leads you to something else, which leads you to something else. And, you know, after five minutes, you're a wreck. And the day is ruined. And it's like, why? Because you're not perfect. No, you're not. And and understanding that, and getting out of my own way. I still get mad. and I. But I, here's my, my, my theory now. And this has worked pretty well. Because I'm in a, I'm in a, not, downtown is a 15-minute walk away, but I'm in a, you know, urban area. So when something happens now, I leave the shop. I leave it as quickly as possible. And if it's a bad problem, I walk to the end of the block and back. If it's really bad, I walk all the way around the block. <laughs> By the time I get back, the problem has shrunk. Right. It's amazing. The problem has shrunk to its normal size. But in the moment, it takes over the whole room. It's mm. huge. It's this giant. And you go, oh, look how stupid I am, and on and on and on. But if you walk out and you go, all right, what do I have to do to fix this? And you come back and you have a solution and you fix it. Maybe it's something easy. Maybe you have to replace a piece. 
It's not the end of the world. It's just a piece of wood. And you've already done the steps. You know how to do it. You know how to right. fix it really quick. Right. So, That's great advice. Yeah. Just walk away. Just walk away. And, yeah, I tried breaking the mallet my dad had given me. Well, he'd given me a whole bunch of tools. Most of them were crap. But I had this leatherhead mallet, and I tried breaking it once. Just banging it for some stupid reason. And it just started to break. It never broke. And, boy, I just, yeah, after that, I said, all right, you got to chill. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta learn how to chill. Um, mm-hmm. Can I tell you a story? Sure, go for it. So I'm coming back from my dad's funeral uh, down in Phoenix, and flying back uh, on Southwest. And um, this guy is sitting next to me, and he's got a tablet, and it's it's almost an inch thick. It's one of the you know one of the first tablets that came out. And uh, I said, so how do you like that? And he goes, oh, it's great. I can read books, you know, the Count of Monte Cristo, the Three Musketeers, you know, all the old novels that they would automatically load onto those things. He said, oh, it's just great. And in front of us was uh, a mom and her two young boys and me and this guy and somebody else on the on the window seat. I was on the aisle and the flight goes on. It's a couple hour flight, two and a half. And uh, all of a sudden, about an hour into the flight, this metal water bottle comes whoop, 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 over the seat in front of us Whoa. and lands right in this guy's tablet screen. Oh, cracks the screen. Des- destroys it. And he's like, what? And the woman turns around and turns back and she's like, oh, I don't you know. And one of, the, one of her little boys had thrown this thing over, over the seat. And I was like, God, that's bad. I said, can I buy you a beer or something? That's just, and he's like, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. And he just, he was in the middle seat. He was constrained. Uh, and after about a half an hour, he closed his eyes. And the gal turns around and she's got this look on her face and she wants to wake him up. And I said, God, I, I really wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> I really, I would just leave him alone. And then we're getting ready to land. And, you know, the pilot comes on and says, oh, we're preparing for landing and all that. Remember flying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, and and she turns around and she's got like 30 or 40 bucks in her hand. You know, the tablet probably cost 150 back then. And she turned around with whatever she had. And the guy's awake now. And he looks at her and he goes, no, I don't want anything from you. You've got enough problems. You've got your two boys you're traveling alone. I don't want anything from you. I'm just fine. It was amazing to watch this man forgive her. And I would have been so upset. I would have been pissed. Yep. And he just forgave her. It was amazing to watch. And so that's the thing. That's How can you find that forgiveness uh, for yourself and your stupid mistakes? Because you're going to make them. <laughs> over and over. Yeah, yes. it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. I was stunned. Pretty cool. That, that's, that is, that's a cool story. A cool okay. story. So, uh, with that, uh, last question. So, how has the internet influenced your work? Well, I learned about Pacos today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's a yeah. really good thing. Um, I don't know. It's been good and bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's allowed me to advertise so much more easily. Um, and it allows me to go and look at stuff that, you know, images and stuff that you, you can't always find. and. I mean, it's the greatest. We are in a in a time where we have the greatest library in the world at our fingertips. Yes. And people go and look at cat videos. Yeah, that, I was about to say that, and no one's taking advantage of it, <laughs> or at least very few people are. Very few people do, so, but it's yeah. astonishing because I am 
So I'm out in the country at this new place, and I didn't have a signal for a while, and I finally got a three megabyte download signal. And it's great because I can ask the Google machine questions, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever comes up, a question of mathematics or uh, Fermat's theorem is a Twitter, Twitter feed, really a fun one. Fermat, F-E-R-M-A-T, uh, really a fun uh, Twitter feed, you know, and cool stuff like that. I looked up, uh, oh, I won't be able to remember his name, the French architect who just developed this uh, wooden arch system. Oh, I can't think of it. I'm trying, but I can't think of it. Um, and it's all at our fingertips. It's great. And at the same time, uh, it's mind-numbing, and it's a rat hole that you go down, and you have to pull yourself out of. <laughs> so it's uh, an incredible mixed blessing for the Internet. Yes. I agree completely with yes. all all of those aspects. Um, a good filter is required to exist yes. on this. Well, I tell you, um, I gotta now. I gotta look up his name, but uh, a guy wrote me. This is terrible. And um, digital minimalism. Have you heard of that book? Nope. Digital minimalism. I'm gonna look him up right now. I've forgotten his name already. Um, but he 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 put me in his book. He was writing about how you deal minimalism. Cal Newport. Um, He's a professor at Georgetown, and um, he was. He, the book is about how you extricate yourself from, you know, being sucked in by the, you know, by the mm -hmm. internet, and and doing stuff that matters to you. Because there's all sorts of good stuff on the internet too, and that's the thing is trying to wean yourself from the. I won't say cat videos. Oh, how about NFL news? There, I, if I wean myself from NFL news, that would be. A good, <laughs> uh, and, and watch cat videos. I would be so much better as a person. <laughs> I did. I saw. I saw something. I. I don't know. I, I was must have been an ad on, on my New York Times feed that was this video of a woman and a cat dancing is just amazing. So, yeah, was, yeah. I was All like the clickbait stuff. Yeah, not doing it. Not. <laughs> yeah, I I scroll so quickly past things that say. You won't believe, yeah, or, you know, yeah. anything like that. Like, nope, not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's such a mixed blessing. But there's so much cool stuff there too. There's so much great information that uh, you know. Why not learn to take advantage of it? Oh yeah, yeah. There, there is, yeah. There's but, but pros what, and cons. Yeah, what Cal talks about is trying to figure out ways of you know being disciplined about it, so you're not getting sucked down that rabbit hole. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, Very I'm important. with you. With that, um, let's uh, let's move on to where folks can find us on the internet. So, uh, where can folks find you, Gary? Well, NorthwestWoodworking.com is your best bet, all spelled out. NorthwestWoodworking.com. Fantastic, Sean. What about you? You can find me on social medias all across the world at SeanW78. How about you, Kyle? You can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening. If you can, follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like us on Facebook. Just look for the MWA there. Uh, the best thing you can do is tell a friend, though. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.